Welcome to The Mess, 150 years of Cape Breton Highlander tradition. I am your host, Major Jason Doyle. In 1914, Canada entered the Great War. It would become the bloodiest conflict in Canadian history, taking the lives of nearly 61,000 Canadians. Small French and Belgian villages would become powerful landmarks in Canadian history, from Vimy to Passchendaele. The courage of Canadian troops ignited a sense of national pride and confidence that Canada could stand on its own apart from the British Empire on the world stage. Part of it all were the Cape Breton Highlanders. It was their job to take the hill. That was the most prominent, the highest, the most well-protected position on the whole of the ridge. And when Field Marshal Bing realized that he didn't have enough troops, everybody was engaged, he had one battalion that had up until that time just served as a work battalion. And that battalion was the 85th Battalion, Nova Scotia Highlanders. In this episode, we will hear from the Highlanders and their deep connections to the First World War. Wednesday, August 5th, 1914. Got home all right, but missed first car in time for the Mason's picnic, which is tomorrow. Had to tell the folks all about my tale last night, and it was 11.30 p.m. before I got to bed. I have a rotten headache today. I think I got a cold on the car last night. The Great War is in full swing. Flowers up a dollar a pound, and tea 10 cents a pound. The Germans should all be shot, the Kaiser first. There's so many reports going around about the war, and you can't believe one of them. But I heard they sunk a ship in Eastern Passage, Halifax Harbor. So they only have one side to guard now. I was out to Mr. Lucas's house. And he said that it's not any use to try to get a job at any part of the steelworks just now. Things are pretty black all over there. As many people know, Vimy Ridge is one of the two official historical sites outside of Canada. This is Len and Captain John Boudreau, father and son members of the Cape Breton Highlanders from Sydney. John currently serves as an officer commanding Delta Company, Len is a retired battalion adjutant and former president of the Cape Breton Highlanders Association. One is Vimy Ridge, and believe it or not, the other sneaks by everybody, but it's the Battle of Beaumont Hamel. And that's because at that time, although Newfoundland was part of the British Commonwealth, it was a dominion under the Commonwealth, it wasn't part of Canada. But since it became part of Canada in 49, that site is now recognized as a national historic site. So I said, what's next about Vimy? So I went back through all the literature and everything on Vimy. And of course, Vimy's Canada's most important engagement. It allowed Canada to sit at the same table with the British government, with the American government, with all governments. We came of age at the Battle of Vimy Ridge. And of course, in Canada, and particularly our unit, Cape Breton Highlanders, we have been designated that we will perpetuate the memory of one of the leading battalions that took part in the Battle of Vimy Ridge. That battalion being the 85th Nova Scotia Highlanders, which were supported by the 185th Cape Breton Highlanders at the time, were the ones that were designated to take 
the place where the land, the actual section of ground that Vimy Memorial currently rests on. It was tried to be taken by the British and the French. For some reason or other, it couldn't be taken. But they assigned it to the Canadians, and the Canadians were tasked. And when it went over the top on the morning of April 9th, 1917, the four divisions that went over, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Nova Scotia Highlanders were part of the 4th Division. They were tasked with the high ground, Hill 145. It was their job to take the hill. That was the most prominent, the highest, the most well-protected position on the whole of the ridge. And when Field Marshal Bing realized that he didn't have enough troops, everybody was engaged, he had one battalion that was left that had up until that time just served as a work battalion, digging trenches, moving supplies. And that battalion was the 85th Battalion Nova Scotia Highlanders. They were tasked with conducting a frontal assault on Hill 145, and they were led by a fellow by the name of Percival Anderson from Bedeck. He was a captain with the 85th Battalion, and he was tasked with launching the assault on Hill 145. Now, as we all know, our historical site says that when they approached the hill, they never stopped. They kept looking forward and moving forward, not running, but plodding forward all the way up that hill under heavy fire. And eventually, within an hour, they took the hill and actually went a little bit beyond. Many people don't realize that. They lost 53 men in that day, 200 and some odd were wounded. And Percy Anderson was awarded a military cross. I personally think he should have got a higher decoration. Unfortunately, Percy Anderson was lost at the Battle of Passchendaele, which happened the next November, actually, and his remains were never found. It's truly something when we think about that. And as I said, the Department of National Defense has given us the honor of perpetuating the memory of that 85th Battalion. So whenever you think of Vimy Ridge, think of the 85th, and when you think of the 85th, think of the men that served in Cape Breton, because one of the companies, Delta Company, with the 85th was raised in Cape Breton. There's a book that was produced by a fellow by the name of MacDonald out of Bedeck, the honor roll of the Nova Scotia Highland Brigade from World War I. And in it, it talks about the 85th, and it has a list and pictures of a lot of them of the men that served with the 85th who were killed in action. If you look in there and you go through them and you look at the ages, and you say, my God, just young men. When I first looked at the book, I stopped dead in my tracks when I read, there was this one fellow by the name of Lance Corporal Greens and a private John Lachlan Green. And I read, they were both killed Vimy Ridge. And it was a father and a son. That shouldn't happen, but it did. Thursday, August 6th. 1914. They didn't have the picnic at all. It was too wet. They might give it up altogether now. Was in bed all day with a stiff neck and a headache. It is reported that 3,500 Germans were killed by the Belgians and two German spies were caught in Canada and now are going to be shot. They had some important plans. Times are very bad here now. 
I think I'll suggest to Papa about leaving Bob. Go after a while, and for me, go in the forge in his place. Because I see no chance of getting a place now unless I enlist in the 17th Field Battery of Tin Soldiers down at the park. They're sending them up to Halifax and bringing the Hal crowd down here. What does it mean to you to be part of a 150-year tradition? I try not to think of it because it blows me away. Uh, I'm serious. Once again, it's an honor. It's a lifelong honor that I will take to the grave or the furnace, however I exit. My father was in the ancestry unit, if you will, 94th Victoria Regiment Argyle Highlanders, raised in Bedeck but later moved to Sydney, or at least a presence in Sydney. He enlisted in World War I. I think there were something like 349, I believe, members in the 94th, and 90-plus percent of them went into the regular force that was raised for World War I, my father being one of them. He retired at the end of the war as a major, and when World War II broke out, he volunteered and was promoted lieutenant colonel and commander of the 2nd Battalion, Cape Breton Highlanders, which was raised for local defense. When that was done, about a year or so later, he was a barrister by trade. He reverted to major and went overseas with AJAG, with the adjutant general, and ended up in France around the time of the liberation of the city of uh, Rheims, R-E-I-M-S, sometime in September of 1944. Then I came rolling along in 1956, I joined, and at the time, we didn't have modern encumbrances like ID cards. As the expression went, I was 18 for three years. I joined at 15. And I had a lot of friends who did the same. And I forgot to mention, he'd shoot me if I didn't. Our son, Colin, also served in the battalion. And when he went to the U.S. to further his education, he had to sort of get out of the reserves. But he's pretty proud of his service, too. December 2nd, 1914. Enlisted today. Got examined today by Dr. Bruce and enlisted down at Logue's old house. Going to Halifax Friday night. Mama and Ollie feel bad about it. Beatrice Harris and Mae Patterson made a scene about support time out in the yard. They began to cry because I was going away. They didn't want me to go. I had to stand it watching them like a fool till Mama came out and shut them up. I didn't think I was liked that well by the girls, too. Guess they tried to start. I must write to them. So one of the things about the Cheshires is that their first battle honor was Lewisburg. So they had fought at Lewisburg and Quebec. Now, a lot of people don't get what a battle honor is. And one of the things about our 150th anniversary is that we're getting a new battle honor being Afghanistan, and we're also getting new colors to celebrate that. Can you explain what a battle honor is and what colors are and how they relate to a unit? A battle honor is a site, a place, 
where the unit has fought and obviously lost people, fought and died, if you will. And there are two types of battle honors, those that are more of a major nature, like Vimy Ridge and Afghanistan in this case. And the unit gets an option of which battle honors to include on their regimental color, which is actually a flag, right? A set of colors contains two flags, the queen's color, which has the flag of the country, in our case, the Canadian flag. And in the center, they have a circle with the name of the regiment, in our case, the Cape Breton Highlanders. The regimental flag is the one with the battle honors on it. Our previous one was blue. Infantry colors are usually blue. There are several Highland units that have yellow colors, the Seaforths, the Argyles, and that's the reason ours is yellow, because we are an Argyle regiment. They embody the regiment, not just the battles, but the ideals, leadership, loyalty to Canada, loyalty to the sovereign. Originally, they were a rallying point. Up until the 17th century, they were carried in battle, and troops would know where their unit center was. It was where the color was. You know, one of the things for our colors and for our history is that the Cape Breton Highlanders never lost ground. They're one of the few units that can say that they've never lost ground in, in combat. December 3rd, 1914. Getting ready today, I was up to see Mr. Burnett this morning, and we had a long talk, and he prayed before I left. He's coming down this afternoon to see Mama. Got my hair cut this morning. That'll last for a little while. Ollie gave me a present of $10 this morning. She wouldn't take any thanks for it. Grandfather and grandmother gave me $10. They were down this morning. I was nearly floored. I didn't expect anything at all, and I couldn't thank them decent. But I guess Ollie and they know how much I appreciate it. I went over to Bessie Huntsman this afternoon, had a long talk. She says he is going to give me a letter to his brother, a doctor, in London, so if I ever get over there, I go and see him. It was down to the McKinnons, too, and into Ollie's house. She didn't know I was going at all. It was down to Lewis's, but there was no one in. Bought a toothbrush, paste, a pair of garters and armlets, so I'm fitted out the way. Just found out that all the men that were going out tonight and tomorrow have to stay home. They have too many people up now. Of all the one-cent ways of handling a thing like that, they are the worst. All the men fooled down at Sydney Mines. Half of them won't see what the paper says. Little it is, and I suppose they'll come up and ready to go. I feel like two cents after saying goodbye to so many on the street. Didn't go to any place tonight. Ollie and I had a play and sing. 
Perhaps they'll send word tomorrow to send the rest of us at night. I hope it'll be that way. Mr. Carter is going to ask Mr. Christie for a note saying that I'm able to play second clarinet. I hope he says first. When I finally got my great-grandfather's bagpipes, they were a very old set from late 1800s, maybe early 1900s. What my grandfather told me is my great-grandfather had them with him at Vimy Ridge in the First World War. My great-grandfather was the first member of my family who got to play on Vimy Ridge. After doing some research for other things, just looking through some of the history of the Cape Breton Highlanders, I found out that my great-uncle, John Piper McMillan, he ended up getting sent to Vimy shortly after it was liberated during the Second World War to play with a large Canadian band on Vimy Ridge. So he was the second generation of my family fortunate enough to play there. For the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Vimy Ridge, I was the one Cape Breton Highlander selected to go and take part in the honor guard for those ceremonies. And I took my pipes with me because I didn't know if I was ever gonna get a chance to play there again. When I got there, I got one very short opportunity to play my pipes. And I basically asked the parade commander, we were just wandering around one day, can I play a tune? I don't know if I'm ever gonna get this chance again. And he's like, go for it. So I was lucky enough to get one tune in on Vimy Ridge, being able to be the third generation of my family to play bagpipes on Vimy Ridge. And then somehow I got to go back the year after. And that was even more proud moment for me because I was selected to play the lament on cemetery number two, which is just down the road from the monument, right where a lot of the members of the 85th were buried. And from cemetery number two, you can actually see the monument and somewhere in between there is actually where the 85th and 185th would have made their attack. Prime Minister Trudeau, he was actually attending right at that service. So that was cool too, but the most memorable moment of that entire trip was we took part of a reenactment of the Mons Victory Parade. So at the end of World War One, when they marched, a lot of people marched straight into the town square of Mons in celebration of the end of the war. And we got to do a reenactment of that. And just being able to come out from this very, very tight cobblestone street and going right out into the Mons Town Square, playing pipes just like they did 100 years ago, that was an incredible feeling. It made everything worth it because the military, it does have its tough moments, but that made everything, every tough moment that you've gone through in the military completely worth it. Just getting to experience that You have been listening to The Mess, commemorating 150 years of Cape Breton Highlanders tradition. To continue participating in our 150th anniversary celebrations, check out shapingofcanada.ca. To learn how you can become a Highlander and join us at The Mess, visit our page on the Canadian Forces website or join us on Facebook at the Cape Breton Highlanders Association page.